Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Brain Trust Podcast. My name is Adam Vass, and I'm a tabletop game designer in Southern California. I'm a, I'm a game designer in a room filled with my empty st- stuff. Nothing else. Did you say Brains Trust? Brains Trusts. <laughs> we have to go check the tape, but this is the Brains Trust Podcast. Um, we design games. We are community. It's it's amazing. There's so many more brains and so much more trusts that we had to uh make multiple both both words. This is a sister podcast to the Brain Trust podcast. <laughs> we do things a little bit differently. Uh so we we're thinking about doing a Kickstarter for the next big Kickstarter event, which is the Make One Million. And we're going to make we're gonna print one million copies of a game. Um do you think the world's most popular role playing game is made a million doll hairs? Pieces. Or pieces books uh yeah i think definitely over the course of its of its print oh, yeah. run oh yeah um but yeah i think i think there's a million at least a million i mean when you see like trade paperback sales being in the millions i wish that there was someone on twitter who could explain to me how much one million really is so here's the difference between <laughs> i got you adam thank you <laughs> thank you for queuing me up here's the difference here's a million if i gave you a million dollars every day, you'd have a million dollars in one day. <laughs> now, here's the difference between that and a billion. If I gave you a billion dollars in one day, you would have a billion dollars after one day. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Not many people actually know the difference between numbers. It's a lot. They're big numbers, and human brains haven't evolved to understand those numbers. I think that's the point that they're trying to make. Quincy, what's up? My dog. Quins. <laughs> I I told you I'm uh in the closet, but I leave the door open because the dog gets nervous. He's now sitting and on my lap. Spy on whatever's happening. Oh, that's very cute. He got a haircut this weekend. He's looking sharp. How's a? Uh, I haven't seen Quincy tweet in a while. Um, I said <laughs> Quincy like the town in Massachusetts. I was <laughs> with a Z. Quincy. Yeah, I said. Qu- <laughs> Jeez. Well, I mean, what's Quincy up to? What's going on in the the life of Qu- the Q? Oh, uh, he's getting pet. Um, he's sh- <laughs> an immediate <laughs> showing me his teeth, but the bottom ones, like, because he's got a good smile going. Oh, uh, Quincy winks all the time, right? I don't know what it is, but yeah, he like it's like the light gets in his eyes, but he only closes the one. <laughs> I think it's that he's naturally deceptive. <laughs> he's always just giving that like look straight into the camera of like yeah i know what's going on here yeah i wiped my butt on that rug before they sat on it (laughs) yeah i'm doing that thing from irobot where will smith teaches everyone how to wink and then the wink becomes a part of the movie and he kind of (laughs) defines winking in an interesting way where he's like it's a secret held between two friends wink wink Wink, wink. Um, yeah. So, what's new? What's going on? Um, I feel like I'm starting to uh, find footing again. Uh, <laughs> the quicksand. You've reached the edge of the quicksand, yeah. and it feels like there's some kind of normal soil a couple feet below the quicksand. We'll see. It's not a. It's not a for sure escape, but it, hard, there's hard hope. to see. Yeah. Well, um, that's good. Yeah, that's new. Uh, 
I what I would do if I were you is overestimate how back to normal you'll be. <laughs> and uh... I texted you this morning. I'm like, oh, let's record earlier so I can work on babes. And that's exactly that. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd really kind of place a rake right in front of you to step on. <laughs> I did have some ideas as I was falling asleep last night of like things I want to do. The night before, I full on had the Queen's Gambit pieces on the ceiling. Came up, <laughs> came up with a game that I had not been working on. Like, cause I explained this to my partner Erica, and I was like, I dreamt this game, and now it's real. And I, I texted my friend Chris, uh, Chris Bissett in the Brain Trust. Uh, hey. We're talking about doing a project together, and so I needed to get this stuff down somewhere, and it just is in the DMs now so I can go back and make sense of it when I'm more awake. But um this morning as we're having breakfast, she's like, Did you dream any more games last night? And I'm like, No, I just had ideas for the one I'm working on. <laughs> Which is like it doesn't count as a dream game because it's just like continued thought on a project I'm giving thought to. My game battery mind is uh using a different type of output right now, so I'm kinda disappointed. Yeah, I think, I mean, there is something definitely exciting of, like, wow, I have this big light bulb idea and all these pieces fit together versus I'm, I wouldn't call it trudging, but just, like, I'm still building the foundation for what Babes is, and yeah. it's Babes just, in the wood to e. because it's a slower process, and it's a, it's a bigger project, frankly, um, it just doesn't feel as immediately satisfying. Right. There's a lot of um, jockeying you have to do. Yeah, I and I'm also in the Kickstarter prep portion of it, where like I, I am I, back in October when we had the game vacation episode. I was like, I'll take a week off and then I'll get to it and I'll be done before Christmas. Um, and then November, I just hated everything and didn't didn't yeah. live. And now that I'm starting to come back, it's December. Um, I realized that I ended up taking like five or six weeks off of my allotted one. And I, I mean, it wasn't on purpose, but I like just would, nothing would have been possible. Like, yeah, you, you wouldn't have, it would have really hurt to push through it. Like I know you could push through it and you do too, but it would just, it would have been a cost too great. So now I have a shorter timeline because the Kickstarter and everything, but really Nothing's changed. Like, I don't have a regular job. Um, really, game design is currently my job. So, writing a book in four weeks or six weeks is really not that challenging for me. Um, right. As, grant, granted, a book that is a second edition of a book I already wrote. <laughs> right, a new, not, new edition. Not starting from scratch, bit. so that helps. Yeah. And it's a you know it's a system that not only you're comfortable with. You're going for a more fortune in the dark kind of energy for this one, right? Well, uh, it's just I think it it, it is more. It's I think it's more of a better a, a uh, apocalypse world engine understanding yeah. because the first one really is just dungeon world with some stuff renamed and a couple things taken off. Um, this is like whole cloth moves from scratch, new character classes, um, everything else like the still the the story structure and like the setting obviously still the same um but i'm doing some interesting stuff i think just i mean 
that was my first role playing game that I published, and now Hell yeah. now I know what I'm doing. So really, it's um, in the way that Necronautilus was this treatise on what I like about trad games and how to integrate story stuff. Um, this is what I've learned from the evolution of Apocalypse World games. So a lot of uh, like Brinkwood Bay DNA is in there and Escape from Dino Island. I, ha- I have a stack of like more modern indie PBTA stuff that I really like and that I'm poaching from. Um, so it'll be a-, a Frankenstein in the way that a lot of those games are, but it still has this sort of um, affection for the source material, which is over the garden wall cartoon. Yeah. And just role-playing as kids too, as I was taking a shower this morning, I was thinking like, I'll probably write just a section on like role-playing as a child and, and how that is different than role-playing as like at night or whatever. Um, Cause that's yeah. to me the most fun part of this game. It's a night. <laughs> Those are the options. As a very particular kind of Catholic that Seven I call Group Two, um, I know exactly what it is like to be a knight. <laughs> I know intimately. Um, yeah, that's there's this whole understanding of like a life's purpose. Follow me here, Adam. Where there are things that you love, there are things that people want, and then there are things that help the world, and then there are things that make you money. And so finding what that is in an entertainment sense in role-playing games seems like that is babes for you for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's something so. that you love designing. It's something that people obviously love because it still sells really well. It's something that uh, will help the world because it's just like uh, kind of spooky, but positive over the garden wall, um, you know, like and it's also helping the state of role playing games because if there's one thing that we need to do as designers, it is to just smack some duct tape on this industry we got going. And <laughs> the flex tape, just the the commercial, you know, the like late night commercial of the black tape that they put on like a leaking aquarium or whatever. And like, it's good to go. <laughs> flex tape. It's like those uh, YouTube videos of someone fixing a bumper with a plunger. And they're like, you just plunge it right here. And you fill it with ramen noodles. (laughs) Yeah, right. You put a quarter in there for good luck. Yeah, and whatever the fucking other one was. Oh, and that makes you money. Yeah, that, that, you know. So ideal. (laughs) Identifying those. That's something that I've been doing recently. Just identifying the games that will most help pay my bills, keep me making games, and people will enjoy if the world needs it that's great i won't be so self-centered to assume that the world needs me to make art um no i will my shit's great (laughs) and people are better for it uh yeah and so you know that's kind of in my 2021 planning which is like okay here are the things that i will be good at making here's some things that will help me develop as a game designer and a publisher to do and here here's what i think i can do in the first four months or so yeah it's good to have that i i also think based on i i've given a lot of thought to like what the hell am i going to do 2021 because even if things start to come back to normal i for those who don't know i'm a touring musician and that industry one i don't think ever will go back to normal and because 
so many venues and small like operations are just not coming to recover from this. But two, uh, it's going to be one of the last things to come back because it's not yeah. exactly uh, necessary. <laughs> it's entertainment and, and it is like valuable, but um, cult- culture on the whole that maybe doesn't appreciate it very much. And I think uh, a lot of discussion that comes up from people sharing their Spotify end of the year list about Spotify royalty rates is ver- making it very clear that nobody really gives a shit. Uh, <laughs> Which is all to say that, that shit is so funny because people will be like, um, I, the royalties are so bad. People make fractions of sense. Also, can you believe I listen to 90 million hours of Spotify? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I'm in the top 0.1% of, of exploiting listeners. my favorite artist. <laughs> uh, as a, as an aside, I'm in the 0.1 top percent of listeners of REM and, uh, the Damn. only, I mean, granted they're not a band anymore and they were, you know, commercially very successful for a very long time, which is not justification. But the only thing I did this year outside of Spotify to support them was uh, ask my friend who worked in their warehouse to send me a free shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm supporting I'm the supporting the team in the way that like I wear, <laughs> I wear the stinky jersey on Sundays. Yes, it fell off the truck. This style of <laughs> artist support. Uh, anyway, I don't remember where I was. Oh, so so thinking of games as an economy is is like a important thing to me now. And I have Babes set up as this tentpole for me for 2021, um, with the expectation that it'll be done around April for me to some for me to have some grand idea between now and then. Somehow, I mean, they happen. I I dreamt you, up the dumb game with Chris. It's not dumb. You it's actually great. frequently have them, madam. That that was my big joke. Oh yeah, Necronautilus came out in like, I don't. I genuinely don't know where it came from, and then it was my most popular thing ever. So, um, a screaming skull visited you and said, "You must. <laughs> <laughs> Are you open for commissions?" <laughs> so that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, so I'm already trying to think too of like. What can I start planning for spring because I need to make this sustainable in a, in a way that like my Patreon stuff isn't necessarily, but it's still fun. And it's still exercising those yeah. muscles and, and doing doing activity. Yeah, honestly, I think people that run Patreon should take the next two months and just revisit the reward structures, how much energy they have and what people are enjoying or liking. I think that might help a number of designers I personally know after reading an old uh, Vincent Baker line about game designers stuck designing a game that they don't like. Yeah. And how that's no good. Um, And I purposely, not purposefully, I just super duper can't work on that monthly turnaround. Um, So I never get that feeling. Right. Yeah. But you know, it's like a, also a financial decision and also things like that. So I think, you know, we're just taking a moment to look at how we impel our own creative practice. So doing that, I obviously bought a artist tablet and got so frustrated I wanted to die trying to draw a car. And um, yeah, it's just going great. So you just got to find new hobbies. (laughs) Um, I've definitely been there. So is it a tablet that has a screen in it? Because uh, No, no screen. There you go. That is 
what I was going to say is one of the hardest things to intuit. Because, like, when, this, when the display is in it, if you're drawing on an iPad or I have, like, a big display, like, pen screen, um, you're just drawing as you would on paper, but you have all the Photoshop tools or whatever. But um, for most tablet drawers, there's just, it's just a flat piece of plastic, and you have to yeah. look forward while your hand is doing things downward. And it is one of the least intuitive things ever, and the learning curve uh it's not a curve it's just up <laughs> it's a learning up um yeah i i'm actually happy to have a task like this like a hobby starting a new hobby like this where i can just suck shit and be like it's okay like just to purposefully humble myself with that you know um cuz i just won't be good at it and it won't like i won't be happy with my stuff until i work at it um I did make a little Torque Borg logo. Uh, I called it Torque Borg again. Uh, It's not that. It's just Torque. Um, But yeah, uh, maybe we should take a break, and I want to talk about online interfaces for games. Yeah, let's do it. is going to be so good i hope so i i think uh it, it there's some special sauce that maybe doesn't exist yet but i wonder oh, if like the... i wonder if i care not not that the game is like bad or i obviously care about the game as a whole but like yeah like do you think root the rpg has a special sauce or no. do you think it just is itself yeah and that and that's part of the thing too is like this is a pbta game not to shit on it because I do think I have a new like admiration for it from reading special sauce games, but like at the same time, I, it's not my. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm trying to make a a really good version of something that already exists. So like, I don't think I need some wild innovation that's going to set this game apart because what I want is for the game to exist in the lexicon of good PBTA games. That, that like right. emulate their setting or their theme really well without necessarily having some novel mechanic that every game designer after me is going to steal. Yeah, there. I am also thinking about this with my next few games to make them less like rule ciphers that, that unlock an experience. Yeah. And leading with the experience of play and having the rules only support that. I feel like in Guide and Black Mass, they're both like big procedure games with um, open-ended elements in it. And so instead just making a Vroom engine and then having the game go off of that. And so instead of contorting your brain to work the game, you contort the game to work your brain. I think 2400 by Jason Tochi, Toki, Tochi, just cut the one that's correct in there Tucci. i don't know i've never uh, read this game everyone's talking about it and it is, i was like maybe i it won't is that but also like electric bastion land like it, it's using the same core system okay um, yeah. and 
alt alt nyc 88 um mm. these are great examples of what you're describing where like there's so much flavor there's so much implied setting in a, in like such a neat way again with 2400 it's just like here's a couple tables of missions and like people that you might know and then like you're off to the it's a cyberpunk or it starts as a cyberpunk there's all these modules and stuff but like doesn't need to explain to you what that is or what it is or where where it is or whatever just here's d20 things you can do and d20 people you know who might get in the in the mix right like, let's go and and alt nyc 88 is the same way like here's just like eight different factions of gangs or whatever that live in new york and and kind of two sentences about what their deal is i love that movie gangs that live in new york (laughs) uh it's more it's the warriors it's not it's uh Man, play when uh I used to play RPGs all the time with this one group uh in the South End, and we played in this massive apartment with really high ceilings, and we used to do two things before each session. We used to watch the Nicolas Cage pachinko commercials, um, where he's like, "I love, I love everything about Japan. I love Mount Fuji. Yeah. <laughs> I love." I love sushi, and um, the one, and then we watched the clip from the Warriors where the guys clinking the bottles, saying, asking whether the Warriors would like to come out and play or not. This energy seems like the kind that would lead to like people um, dripping their blood on their dice as like, if <laughs> if I make a sacrifice, I will roll exceptionally well, or what? Like, just going into. Of a pl- satanic panic, a place you cannot <laughs> return from. Um, I think that informs a lot of how I run games too, and yeah, that's that's just very clear. Um, but yeah, having such evocative, uh, but gestural mechanics, I think, is a big thing that I want to do. But also, I want to make um, little baubles that connect to each other with strong theme throughout. So those are just two areas of design I would like to explore more. Torque is definitely closer to, this is a game you play on a board that has role play in it. Um, It's funny because I'm kind of going the opposite or like, frankly, my big production money-making games are what we're talking about where it's got mechanics on, on four to eight pages and the rest of it's just like, the cool zone uh yeah i'm the the game that i was dreaming about the cool uh, zone. is a much more like artsy procedural weird there's still like scenes and role-playing involved but it is very more in the vein of guide of being like a physical ritual play style yeah. um because i just missed it because the last few things i've done and the last, even through Patreon, a lot of the experiments I did this year were me pushing myself back more towards traditional gaming experiences mm-hmm. and evaluating them with this like artsy indie eye that I've developed. And I think to some extent, some of those were, were banging. Like, <laughs> I think Hell Cabin is a really great, Hell Cabin 1 specifically, is this really great implementation of story stuff story mechanics and stuff into a trad game that has a really uh, the kind of setting that you understand before you even read it because it's called hell cabin right. yeah um so i don't need to go into pages of of what that means uh and that's like yeah just an just an interesting it's a false dichotomy but 
um, seeing my own workflow and, and making active choices to work on one end or the other of that impl- like that fake spectrum of like wh- what do I make that's for a trad gamer where it involves rolling dice against a skill check and what right. do I make that is about like physically moving a thing uh in a, in like a physical space in in that sort of ritualistic way I really love that dichotomy actually. Um, and the way I'm thinking about it is like, if we is, is only from a digital aspect right now, which is kind of how I want to design my next few games, because that's how games are going to get played. Um, and I'd like to play and be playing the games, but, uh, role-playing games, providing the tools with which we play, um, and thinking about that as like opening up a blank mirror board or Google drawing or roll 20 page, having the framework be, uh, everyone sitting around rolling dice and telling a story. Um, that's what we're going to do no matter what. Right. But the way the digital tools we have and how we actually visualize play starting from is the game, like the center of our, um, play cortex and we are accessing pieces of the game you know rolling a skill check skill tree um you know opposed checks a wrestling role a classic wrestling role i mean that's how you know you're playing a tried game if someone rolls strength and you're like i guess i'm rolling strength too and then you (laughs) kind of clumsily describe a wrestling scene so you have that which which feels in my mind right now just kind of gathered at the center of this like white space um, and I'm physically designing games that have the gameplay, the game designer elements. The game designed area is the border of play, and you play inside of that. And so exploring that kind of framing, like literal framing of play space and games to better, like, this is something we did in Guide with a giant pentagram. In Torque, it's this big uh the thing that includes everything you need to play the game just to make it super easy to plop down and play a lot of peas popping right now plop <laughs> down and play or streamers to use and just have a perfect stream overlay for everything they need you know things like that um i'm just kind of trying to reconfigure my brain like i do every couple months about games and to conceptualize it in a different way yeah and i think this is one of the more difficult aspects of modern game design <laughs> it's very hard to explain <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, really, as you mentioned, games are only being played in a digital space. So if you off if your game only exists in a physical space guide, then it's not getting played. And God, so you should be considerate of that from day one. And with something like Babes, I don't need to because it exists in that trad space. So the the boundaries in which it is played is whatever means you use to communicate. Like, and because of the, the cover and the type choices, and they say, it's like over the garden wall. Like, whatever reductive element that the players or yourself are using to describe, you know, your what is obviously a more expansive game design, they are then taking that, and that's the corners of play. And then at as a designer, you are providing the support f- to, to hold up that idea. Right, right. Um, I'm waving my arms around explaining this <laughs> shit. That is... Yeah, it's it's tough to think of, and I think, too, as we talked about last week, like, the spaces that are made available to us for those things are limiting extremely. Right, yeah. 
um, especially with Roll20 being the way that it is and and its competitors still trying to find some foothold. Um, and then there's always, of course, like the workarounds, the, the, the Miro boards, the Google Sheets, those sort of things. Um, so, yeah, just having something like that in mind from the start is right. difficult, but really advantageous for the game's lifespan. And I'm thinking of games like chess, where there's you don't have a sheet that has all of your chess moves on it. Like hold if you if you select a rook, hold three against moving in a straight line. <laughs> but having games, role playing games, showing perfect information at the table, and by that I mean all everything you need. You don't need to print out a piece of paper. You don't need a rules reference. Everything is on that overlay that you play the game inside of. And so for Torque, there's just a, a couple cool things like making it isometric so you can physically, you know, see the car, like see the scrum of cars. Additionally, making it isometric means you can put a fake background above it and to have like a, a visual aspect of where you're driving through. And yeah. so it's both like a physical place you're driving in and a metaphorical board to imagine play and having, you know flags on each car that reach up and down into the boundaries that have all the stats on it that you need. And so it's like, what can I get away with here? How can I make this super duper usable so someone can design their own levels, for example? Like, we made so many, like, computer-savvy gamers spend billions of hours making dungeons online. Like... (laughs) How can how can we get there? Like, there there'll be few things as good as playing in a curated dungeon on Roll Twenty. Like that is just a really good game experience. I've heard Simon Moody describe that as a beer and pretzels style game. Like when you're playing online in a dungeon with minis and like that's just good shit. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah. You know, uh, Starjet by Lone Archivist is it's a great is, example. Yeah, where you have this really small grid that has a background image. Like again, you're implying a setting or flavor through even just like the color choices and like what style the ships are and stuff. It is it's like a little skirmish space game. Um, all the like parameters of the rules are in a single column of text that's just off to the side, like still the same graphic effectively like you drop that into your roll 20 or whatever your space and you're you're good to go everyone has access to all the information you need and the physical space in which your tokens are moving in the way that you're interacting with the game mm-hmm. and even seeing like what people in the brain trust were doing right away in terms yeah. of like re- redeveloping and hacking that um was really inspiring too i think we're now trying to like blow out the con that concept um having having information accessible and immediate and get just giving enough for people to go in one space to then begin like just meeting the game where it exists like having the game exist so visually and completely that you could just be like oh i could make like a star jet encounter inside the center of a hollowed out frozen planet. Like that's, that's easy. I can just do that. Um, yeah, maybe let's take a break and come back and try and make a game with, you know, that kind of 
perfect information. All you need is a board and people to play. Cool. And uh, yeah, that sounds like a good challenge. Gamer challenge. <laughs> challenge offer. Challenge accepted. <laughs> are we back let's go back i'm thinking we're back Everyone says I'm back. Welcome back to the Brain Trust Podcast. We are making some frames, some game frames. Uh, how many frames per second are we getting over here? If this is a real game show, we need to know. I've been living in five frames per second, but sometimes it <laughs> jumps to 90. I like to posterize time and, and make it like take a 20, 24 frames per second footage and turn it down to like a six or eight. I mean, just to think of this, uh, the shared game space in the terms of video games, um, I was imagining the border of an MMO like World of Warcraft. So you have all these abilities on cooldowns and you have this area in front of you that is bordered by this kind of UI that you're using to play. Yeah, that's interesting. Even thinking in like in video games, how they'll do it in a way that they like to kind of obfuscate it like oh there's an ocean and there's no swimming skill Mm. so you're in the boundaries but you don't necessarily and then like the designer has to make them even tony hawk even will just put like buildings like oh the road ends here's a skyscraper and you can't (laughs) wall ride up the whole fucking thing so like that like that's saying the level ends here pal turn around but you're not necessarily thinking that as you play it because that's not unless you're doing like what I what I did in Red Dead where I tried to um or I did this in Skyrim too just start on the border and try to walk all the way around and make <laughs> the entire exterior of your map because those games <laughs> will have the um like invisible wall transparent map that reveals itself as you visit places and I'm like, oh, I'll just start on the outer rim and work my way inwards. <laughs> it's just like a big open world fun thing for me to do. And you get to see all the like biospheres or whatever of the, the regions. Um, well, let's take some uh, roll for shoes energy. And so you have this big MMO border where all your hot bars and hot keys and everything is <laughs> all the hot shit. Uh, hot bar over here. Um, and you create your verbs through play and the cooldowns that they have. And maybe you're just physically walking down the street and Google uh, earth. Like you pick a street somewhere and you just are like, well, I want to get in this car and do it. Do we have driving? Like, no, we don't have driving yet. Okay. Let's build a driving ability. And then you kind of use real physical areas to do the things you need to do. Um, the Google street view as like a, game space is is new and oh oh sh- quincy quincy oh no oh no this is bad Uh-oh. news what happened so he's been sitting on my lap the entire recording silently being being softly pet and i'm like all right i'm done with this uh 
I put him down on the ground. He runs away. And I think he pretty quickly realized that Erica is not home, which is the whole reason he's hanging out with me in a closet to begin with. <laughs> so he comes around. He comes back to the office and lays in his bed. We got him a new bed so he can sit in the corner of the office where we both work and just soak up sunlight. Um, but it's across the room. I think he maybe forgot I was in the closet because this is not a space he generally comes to. Mm-hmm. And when I said, wow, about Google Street View, he like perked up, saw me and came running over. And that's all <laughs> fine and good. But then he tries to cl- jump up my lap again and his leg catches the charging cable of my computer oh, on which oh, no. we're recording. And the computer is not on a safe thing. It's on like my postage scale because <laughs> I'm making wild concessions in the office. computers on safe things to place them i've got them on a stack of uh, role-playing games right now i mean my real my real deal computer is on my desk this is just there you go. now for recording our show um but as he's trying to jump up he's dragging the cable with him and the cable's pulling the computer off of this shelf and uh i i, I definitely saw the final episode of the brain trust flash before my eyes <laughs> <laughs> But now he's just back on my lap, and the computer's still tracking, so we're golden. Yay! Um, right, so where are we? Yeah, Street View, roll for shoes, but you're creating all the verbs of a game. So, I think in this two, you have, you basically have, like, two browser windows, and one is Street View, and one is your, like, shared space with text or whatever it it, it really from what we're describing it sounds like it could just be a doc or any like doesn't have to be anything fancy or formal like a roll 20 or anything like that yeah so you have two side-by-side browser tabs um is can you use street view in any kind of like shared way or is it just you could probably do some way of sharing clicks on a screen like sharing control of your mouse yeah yeah um or obviously you just have like one person who's like when a player says like i want to turn left here like whoever's screen has the map you just click left that's um, the game master <laughs> that's the master <laughs> of the game um so you have yeah like your the things that you do are established as you go so the core setting i guess is the real world it's wherever you click down onto the street core setting is world um so what do our players do in the world like let's give them a a a task or a goal and point them at well like in roll for shoes you kind of set your own goals um you know i want shoes that's kind of a big goal but having an actual like a literal open world role-playing game like that where you create goals like maybe the system is actually how to get more stuff by creating series of goals to do so let's say you drop and then you know walking all the way to the country like this mountain that you can see or this hill or something that's goal number one when you get there you get something maybe it's the ability to go down a road or like inside the game you create your own obstacles and goals that you later are you then you build a perfect knowledge of this town somewhere or something i like to is in terms of framework, like because I'm picturing the rule sheets or the the way that you track those things to not be blank at startup, like 
if if we offer it's almost like a scavenger hunt in that it can be a little bit pre-programmed or saying like find a body of water or find right x to to get y we can offer the, the x's that are sort of utilitarian like a, a body of water a, a man-made like a structure or like a monument or whatever um or find find a website of this building that you're in front of like oh, so now it's- other other internet scavenger hunt things that then let you unlock progress in the overworld. So we, yeah, I think too we give as designers we give at least a couple starting objectives, and with that you give give the information on how objectives are worded or crafted. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, if I exactly. say here's three weapons and how they work but you want to use a chainsaw gun and that's obviously not on my list, but like <laughs> you have the information on how weapons are designed in the game and you can extrapolate that information um, to design your chainsaw gun. Yeah. It's a pole arm. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. D 12. Uh, so exactly. Yeah. And I think that works as a, you, you kind of build out the verbs of your game and explore a place at the same time. Yeah. I like, I also have been having a thing lately of just enjoying, I wouldn't call it slice of life, but just like regular people games. Um, no magic, no powers, no yes. like, yeah. you just have, I, I mean, maybe this is the true OSR, the true player skill, because your the character skills are just what, what your players have. The oldest school is just playing pretend. <laughs> So to to work in within the bounds of Google Street View, you are everyone at the table in a car driving through somewhere. And when you stop at like a place to go get a haircut, one player hops out of the car and then goes onto the internet to go find that haircut place and then like creates an experience and then comes back and then tells the rest of the group about it. This is interesting cuz in that way it makes me think of uh my game After the Party which is about like going on a road trip, but you're also while you're making new memories, you're also kind of lamenting these old memories in, in very locations. Mm -hmm. And I think that would translate really well in this digital way. It's a quiet year hack of like how much time it takes to get between places and like exploring the memories and creating new ones on the way. Um, That in a digital space through street view works really well of like you could either tell the story about you getting a haircut right now or you drive past it and you're like oh wow one time i was getting my haircut there and this thing happened like right it doesn't necessarily have to have occurred in current time um and i think then i mean that skews immediately towards this sort of like indie story feelings kind of game which is yeah definitely not bad that's good but i like playing with I mean, that's the thing I come back to in design and and just, like, thinking. Like, places having that power over people. You know, like, having a memory tied to a park or whatever. And to, right. And, and, and a park, especially being, like, using that example, where so many people go and so many people have varied experiences there. Like, it means so many different things to different people. And using that as, like stuff for your character 
if you have four players in the car in street view go past silver lake park or whatever um everyone's going to have a, a different thing tied to that experience mm. and that could be really interesting even just sharing those things in character is interesting i think extrapolating mechanics from that in the roll for shoes kind of way like I just remembered, you know, going on a a Tinder date at this location and having it go terribly. Um, what do I then like? Use? Well, maybe it's you. You then earn some awards like within the car, so then you get to control the ox for the next round. So then you take control of the Spotify that everyone's listening to, and then wow. switch it to the music you want. Or like, I get to pick the direction that we go in next, or something like that. Yeah, this that just exploded it for me. Like road trip game where you're you're digitally on a trip. Like yeah, that's that's really great. That's working for me. Having this shared audio is really great. Having air quote like this is an extreme bleed machine. (laughs) But yeah, that's good. I think especially like. In those that style of game I was explaining of just like regular people doing regular shit, I think bleed is almost inevitable unless you're playing someone who's like the opposite of you. And even right. then you kind of have someone in mind in your real life that you're portraying who has some effect on, on you as an individual. So they are kind of bleed machines already. Um, th- so there's yeah a lot of good stuff there. So, I mean, I think as in a kind of like cruising... Like I remember when I was like nineteen twenty, and this I lived in Indiana still, and like we would just drive around, you know, like yeah, you don't necessarily have a goal. I think that this game works well with or without an objective or a destination because it's about the journey, man. <laughs> yeah, and like you drive down to the quarry, and then you go find. I don't know. I'm just thinking of like how, what other multimedia pieces can you go into here? So like, what if me, like we're all in a car, the, all the brain trust is in the car and Adam and I are like, Oh, we want to go to the quarry. And then we dip out, hop into a separate discord channel or something and then create the quarry story or something. And then we can come back and then tell everybody or like, so you can create a lot of your own fun that way and explicitly just make mini games. So like, you know, you go to the park and you see a chess table and you're like, oh, we should play chess. And then you just open up a browser based chess thing. And so you just are hanging out playing chess in this greater context of a Google uh, Street View road trip while listening to shared music and, you know, doing everything like that. I like to maybe the idea that like, so with Street View, you click and you go like block by block. It's not very fast in the way that driving is, obviously. Um, you can just be like, to today we went down like we went through denver but then the next two days are going to be highway days so like you play in this in the city area and that has its own like freedom but when you're in between locales and you're just on the interstate or something like that has its Ooh. own mode this is and kind of just sorry oh, this ahead. is kind of firebrandsy in that like but but each mini game is kind of actually a game <laughs> Yeah, when when you're in this interstate mode or like you want to travel between towns, you and the other players just hop into like a shared YouTube channel, like watch together or something or cast or something, and you just watch dash cam footage of that trip. 
And so like you're just physically in the car doing that and you're all looking at the road and you can do the road things that you do, but it's not the kind of, you know, dungeon, the city dungeon crawl kind of play where right. you're exploring, you're getting, so you can do it with the, I love watching YouTube videos of trains, like the front of a train just going forever. And so you could do a tourist train mode where you just take a train and when it gets to a town, you just pause the video and step out of the train and go into that town and do something. Uh, one time I was in a movie theater and I was uh, fairly young and I was sat there and all excited to see a movie. Um, and then a, a literal train started coming right at me and I about <laughs> I about died of shock. I, I ran straight out of the theater. I, nev- I have never been to the movies again since then. <laughs> I forgot that you are 120 <laughs> years old. I went to a moving picture and a train came at me. A train scared the shit out of me and I don't <laughs> do that anymore. You started that story and I was like, Adam's not going to do the great train crash <laughs> joke, right? <laughs> There's no way Adam would think of that, right? Like that's We're deep in the episode. We're really scratching the ends of our medulla obligatas. And believe it or not, they did. So... uh. Yep. So anyway, I really like this as a quarantine experience too. Yes, and this same. feels like the sort of thing that you get. Uh, I really feel like, especially before quarantine, I was feeling this and then quarantine made it extremely clear that I don't have my own friends in California. I just have like our partnerships friends. Yeah. Um, And none of them care about or are interested in, role-playing games at all so i i just don't play anymore so the our the brain trust discord is really like my friend group text now of like this is where i go to communicate about these things but the pseudo larp of road tripping and like you don't necessarily need it's appealing to i think a non-rpg player in the way that like there's no pretense or anything about it. It's like you've been on road trips and you know yeah. that they're fun. Let's just take a couple hours online to emulate that experience. And like, like I said before, you're not role playing. You're playing pretend. Like we've all done that. It, we as kids all did that all the time. So it's something that's like innate to people. I think of just like playing with your imagination rather than necessarily a structured role-playing experience but right it yeah it's doing both things like uh like you said if there's if if we decide you know we want to do what if there's like you know you go to the quarry and we go rock jumping or like cliff jumping and so we just pull up like the red bull diving challenge on youtube or whatever and we're like i did that one (laughs) you did that one (laughs) yeah Uh, like that shit's fun and goofy and like charming and heart heartfelt and like you have so much potential to just have these weirdly memorable pseudo experiences in lieu of having in in a time where we're like unable to have meaningful experiences like if uh ernest klein style vr nightmare world is the worst version of this this is the most like we're just people and hanging out doing things that we don't have access to you know like we want to go to lacma uh la museum of contemporary art we can just go look up a youtube tour after we drive there and just check it out i like to 
even just the sort of mundanity of like you still have to get there. Right, you, you have to travel there, view. yeah. Because that's when you have one you have a lot of the like jokey like inane aspects of of friend traveling in those moments. Oh my god, you have to look for parking too. You see, like <laughs> you see a billboard and like everybody makes fun of the billboard or whatever and yeah. Um you know, you have these kind of liminal experiences it's very uh, liminal with the destination of being lacma and then a lot of places too in more recent years i I remember seeing this with theaters and stuff in street view you can go inside of buildings yes yeah and um, there's like one guitar center that you can go inside of. (laughs) (laughs) that's the game is find it go to every guitar center in america till you find the one you can go inside let me in (laughs) Um, um, I would play the shit out of this game. Yeah, it sounds very pure. It's 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 like not even necessarily a game as so much as it's just like an experience that emulates a real experience that all of us know and and like long for. Which I guess like, is what games it's, are. It's worth making this game just to give streamers like a way to hang out with other streamers and not be in character. Like, right? It it's it's funny too because I think in this I play the you know idealized form of myself <laughs> um there is still some character the lizard aspect. tail on the wings <laughs> i have a chainsaw gun <laughs> but yeah you still it is the extreme bleed machine is the, is the name of the game it works on two ends because the characters bleed and then the chainsaw gun makes people bleed yeah I don't know where I, I just like that was a thing I, no, I spit I like it. out and that it don't uh, even worry in real like improv way I, I just won't let it go, I and I won't ask you to let it go <laughs> or to define it or to define it anything further. I'm thinking like Ash vs the Evil Dead like he's got the chainsaw on his arm anyway. Yeah, that, that seems easy enough to make. Right, I wonder it's it's almost it's almost challenging. It's almost more challenging to somehow codify what we just explained or even just like set limits on it because it's inherently limitless as long as you can do it online right so like this could take place at any city in the world that has google street view car having ever gone through it and um oh my god right because there's like no real limit to where it could happen we could do this road trip in you know like a a remote place that none of us have ever actually been to. I think the way we do it is to provide like, here's a two hour game and you begin by picking everybody up and you have Google street view directions to each house. And then you go drive to, um, a comedy club and watch some stand up or something on YouTube. And the meanwhile, you're listening to the ox and then you're like, Oh, we want to go to the Creek and look at the Creek so or go fishing or something. Or, you know, we just provide, like, a quote-unquote adventure, and then that's the way you play. But then the system is built out through that. So, like, you're sharing Street View and a screen. Maybe what we do is just, like, here's the best way to connect as a group for free and do these things. Yeah, I think what I was just going to say is is doesn't necessarily have rules, but it's, like, if you use Discord, here's how to share your Spotify audio. Here's yeah. how to watch a YouTube video together um, to share these experiences. So they're, we're, we're offering the tools 
through which you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, you're going to share this YouTube thing, but what you decide to go to or watch is is yours. Um, yeah, even having a Discord channel that has like an out-of-character part and an in-character itinerary of ideas to do and then a voice channel that everyone's hanging in. This is a game you would not play with a camera on because you're just looking at other places. and Right. That yeah. and I think, too, you can have... S- if you really wanted to have a little more like structure, you'd be like, okay, I did my thing. Like th- now the person in the passenger seat gets to choose our next activity or whatever. Like having some kind of like popcorn style. God, it's like l- very low stakes version of people sharing YouTube videos. One of the scariest things that millennials invented how to do <laughs> sharing, sharing blind YouTube videos with near strangers just like oh, i think this one's funny and that's what no tiktok is now that's just all tiktok <sighs> yeah yeah um yeah that's a that's a game in this kind of digital frame that we talked about earlier we did it it's funny too because we started with the pretense of making the like exploring the boundaries of a digital space and instead we just exploded them <laughs> And we're like all of the internet, the entire planet Earth, and all did like all digital facsimiles of Earth are included in this. We should just call it open world RPG. That's that's uh, that's it. That's great. I mean, this is (laughs) frankly, this is this Discord has ghosts in it, like level of yeah, of of not exempt, like it's really clever, but it wasn't necessarily difficult. And I think no. both both of those games really benefit from like here's the like you said here's the core conceit so bring whatever cultural baggage you have because that will help you and here's like two or three rules I guess now like go have fun because the whole point of this experience is just to experience it you you find your own fun exactly yeah, yeah. I think you know type that up today yeah Maybe let's see if it can make our second it. most popular computer game ever yeah let's do it hey why not Open world RPG. Just calling it that is so such a flex. Absolute flex. Get <laughs> fucked. Itch.io. I will again not list this as a tabletop game. Just, just oh, it's don't even game. touch me. Yeah, it's a computer game. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, so where, tell, tell so I was gonna say tell people where to get open world RPG. You can get open world RPG at williams.itch.io and you can find me online at will.com. I'm on Twitter at WC Game Co. And uh, don't think I have anything to plug right now. Necro, but- Necro pre-order. Oh, oh, actually, by the time this is live, Necronautilus is live uh, at worldchampgameco.itch.io. My, my big old science fantasy weird space death and feelings game. Um, physical edition should be shipping to Kickstarter backers imminently. And you'll be able to purchase that book at worldchamp.io slash store. Um, I'm also doing, I'm excited because the I treated the Kickstarter as a pre-order system, so that was the cheapest price that the book will ever be. Um, but in my store, it has a default price. It has a discounted price for anyone who needs it, and it will have a, an overhead price too if you can basically offset those oh, who, awesome. who get Slide. the discounted one. That's a cool sliding scale. I like that. Yeah, it's really difficult to implement sliding scale into Squarespace store or any real kind of like online retail because it's it's 
it's set up for stores, you know, it's not set up for anything else. So yeah. um, it'll just be a little drop down menu. And I think that might be a system I implement for bigger projects ongoing. Um, I think with zines and stuff, there's it's such a, I'm already working on a, a really tight budget, but with big books and big productions, I can afford to, to make the experimental sliding scale stuff. But yeah, that's out now. I love it. Go get it. I'm in it. I'm in Stellar Remnants. Oh yeah, friends. so there might I have uh, the companion zine Stellar Remnants and some posters that I made of Necronautilus and some t-shirts. Um, those were all campaign exclusive for the Kickstarter, but if there's any print overages after I ship to all the Kickstarter backers, those are also going to be in my store. Um, I actually don't expect there to be very many, if, if any. Like I'm looking at like ten to twenty. So um if they Look are out. up there, they'll be rare and you'll you'll need to act fast. But I'll, I won't know that until like a week or two from now anyway, so at least um I'll I'll chime in on the show again to update that information. Hell yeah. Well this has been another um barn busting episode of the Brain Trust podcast. <laughs> Brain I emoji. watched it happen. I saw the bees, the bee emoji the <laughs> The you felt the wave. Yeah. Um, well, B emoji, B emoji. <laughs>